The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. This week's episode of PSVG Prime is brought to you by the amazing folks over at patreon.com slash PSVG, in case you weren't aware. But a big special thank you to our Patreon producers, Edwin Callow, Barry Cathcart, Josh the Bonesaw Barboni, Dev Tyus, Chris McElfresh, Kyle Hammond, Paul Calico, Mike Massick, Zach, Bradshaw, and Nick Falhaba. So thank you to everybody who listens, of course, on top of our special Patreon producers. In case you want to get on the action, once again, head over to Patreon. What do you get for that? Well, you not only support us if you love us, you also get exclusive episodes of of different content, uh, including PSVG DLC, Books for Geeks, uh, Exhausted slash Dollar Cinema, once we finish uh, Fast and Furious franchise, Bored with Everything, so on and so on. Access to our exclusive Patreon chat room in the Discord, the Battle Pass, and of course, our undying love and eternal gratitude. So to get in on all the action, and if you want to even just help support us, head on over to patreon.com slash PSVG. But now, onto this week's episode. Good evening, everyone. Or morning if you're listening, or afternoon. I don't know. Do what you want. Treat yourself. It is I, your host, Kevin, and this is PSVG Prime. With me, of course, is the hostess with the mostess, Mr. Lucas Rose, question mark. I'm more of the hostess cream-filled cupcake. So you want to talk cream-filled cupcakes? Always. I, uh, you know, this whole quarantine thing, everyone's at home. Everyone's talking about, like, the quarantine 15 and whatnot, or, and, you know, so on and so forth. Sure. Totally understandable. Stress, eating, everything going on in this world. I totally get it. I So I've been bad since putting down Ring Fit Adventure, pretty much. Like, I just stopped caring, <laughs> which I need to pick that back up and try and do stuff again. But Word. I hear our, our scale in the house, uh, the battery had died. And it was a 9-volt battery, which is, you never have oh, 9-volt batteries. So like, yeah. Unless you're changing fire uh, uh, detectors, smoke detectors, you you never have 9-volt batteries. So that's like a, forget about it. It's so true. I just... We weren't caring about it all. So then my wife was like, we really should probably pay attention to stuff. Uh, just order some nine volts. So I hopped on the old Amazon, which is basically all my shopping nowadays. Got a pack mm-hmm. in, came in, swapped the battery. Nothing. Scale doesn't work. Oh, like, no. Okay. So we had to buy a new scale, buy a new scale. No big deal. 20 bucks, you know, whatever. But of course, I now have 12 nine volt batteries and the new scale does not use nine volt <laughs> batteries. So that's great. You know, nice. But on my honeydew list is to go around and change all the smoke detectors anyway. So I'll use three, four of those, maybe. Um, get the scale, step on the scale, and I, I do not have a 15. Uh, I'm more around 30 or 35. Oh, since this whole mess started. So I, I am going oh. back to keto next week. Uh, we have to eat what's in the house because we're buying everything in bulk. So I have bulk of certain things that I shouldn't be eating. So we're going to go through those this week. I'm going back to keto as is my wife and we're going to try and do some walking. I'm going to try and do the ring fit again and, and probably the push up and squat challenges. I can do the squats for some reason, but that everything else to me just practically kills me. So good for you, man. Good. So for I'm you. cream filled right now. Not you. So <laughs> I should, I should be the hostess one really talking about here. Well, I mean, it's easy to not gain weight if you just eat small amounts of garbage food. Like I don't even try mm. to be healthy anymore. I just like, 
uh, let's see. I'm too lazy to make breakfast. How about I eat pop tarts? And then I just don't eat for six hours. Yeah. So. See, I, I was doing that when I was going away to work, I would eat something small and crappy for breakfast and then I'd be fine mm-hmm. not eating it. until I got home. But since I'm at home, I'm tempted to eat more. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And yeah. then my kids are around and they're eating their meals. So I'm seeing them like, Oh, I can sit down. I'll just sit down with a cup of coffee and start working. I won't even eat breakfast. But then somebody comes downstairs with the breakfast. And I'm like, Hmm. I want breakfast and I go upstairs, make something. And then lunchtime comes along and I go upstairs and have lunch. And then I go and get a snack here and there. It's just, it's awful. There is something to be said when you are eating with other people. Like normally I'm here by myself for breakfast. Sometimes I won't even eat breakfast, but instead it's like, Oh, all right. As a family, we're doing everything as a family unit Mm -hmm. now. So better eat breakfast. Not really that hungry, but basically got to get it out of the way. Boy. Yeah. We're all going to feel horrible when we get out, like when we finally have to go back and do things out in public. It's going to be, why am I so tired and sweating all the time? I mean, that's that's what I'm doing now. You're right. And then, like, uh, in Rhode Island, we're starting what we're calling phase two of reopening. So certain things have opened up, like restaurants. You can down, you can dine outside. You still can't go inside, but you can do outside dining if that restaurant can do so. If you want to, I haven't. Cause I'm like, what? What's the point? I'd rather just do takeout and go home than instead of <laughs> yeah. eating outside. And like, if you gotta go to the bathroom, you can't go to the bathroom. Uh, you don't get menus. Um, you you don't get any real utensils, like all stuff. I'm like, that sounds horrible. Why am I paying for that? I'll just do takeout yeah. and go home. Just eating outdoors somewhere else. Yeah, which I'm like, I don't I don't want to do that. I'm good. Um, but like hair salons have opened up here. Yeah. But there's like weird rules. Like you have to wear a mask. Totally all for it. My wife is actually going this week, uh, which is, a, you know, kind of a big thing because she's uh, immune compromised or immune sensitive, whatever they call it. Like she is high risk. Um, but she's at the point. She's like, no, I need to get my hair done. She's like, I, I called and you know I scheduled things. So she's going to be careful. Like her salon is actually really good because they're limiting to just two customers in at a time. So they have okay. to coordinate the schedules. Uh, you keep a mask on at all times. The mask does not come off while they're working on you. Uh, they will not blow dry anything, I guess, because it would spray yep. air particles. So they're not even blow drying hair. So it's like all these d- different rules, which I'm like, all right, that makes me feel better about it. But it's just like, you're right. These little things that be to have some sense of normalcy again, just trying to be a little bit and just feel like, Oh, it's weird. It is. It is. It's weird. Um, but let's try and be a little bit of a distraction from all this stuff for some folks here. Although our mailbag this evening will bring us right back to it. So uh, <laughs> let's let's jump in as we like to do each and every week and start off with a little bit of what we've been playing. Um, Lucas, I will let you go first because okay. something that you're playing ties into something that I'm playing. So I think it, it's best if you go. All right. Yeah. Um, so my son and I were sitting down one time and we were watching YouTube. He really enjoys watching Mario Odyssey being played by just like mm. other people randomly. Yep. There's no talking. It's just a silent, silent play whatever, through. but mm-hmm. it's like, dude, can you, you, you can't get enough this, of this <laughs> game. It's crazy. What is going on? So uh, we were watching one of the Mario games and uh, it had popped up to the next uh video that was going to play but in hmm. the bottom it always shows you like some other videos that you yeah. can watch instead and on one of them was sonic and i think he knows who sonic is or at least he recognized uh the character sonic and he's like i want to watch that i'm like oh okay cool <laughs> You're like, something uh, different thank god yeah exactly <laughs> i mean and i had a genesis growing up so sure i was more familiar with uh sonic at the time so i'm like sure let's do it 
And so I, I put it on and we're watching it and he's like really into it, like really into it. And he's like, I want to play, I want to play a Sonic game. I'm like, all right, well, I don't really have anything that has Sonic games on it, you know? And mm. I kind of like, Oh, you know, Sonic games, little hit and miss these days, older ones. Sure. That's fine. But do you really want to start him out with uh, Sonic, the hedgehog Genesis package game? Yeah. I'll say that might be tough for him too. Yeah. I mean, those games are, I mean, the games kids are growing up with now are a different breed than what we grew up with. So it's a little bit tough. Yeah. And he's coming from off from Mario Odyssey. And right. That's a much different expectation. Oh yeah. So, uh, I was like, all right, well, let me see what I can do. So I, I, I look up Sonic on the old PC machine and uh, I forget about, I, I remembered that Sonic Forces came out and that I had heard it wasn't really that bad, but more importantly, you could make your own character yes. and kind of play along with Sonic. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, let's see. Sure enough, it was on sale. It was like eight bucks. It's like, all Surprised right. You didn't have it from a humble bundle or something. I, know. Like, I, I looked that geez. up. I have Sonic Mania, which I also want to try out as well. Yeah, but that'd be tough for him to start, as you said. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, all right, let's check out Sonic Forces. Plus, this was a little bit more like what he was watching. I think he was watching Sonic Colors or I don't know, Sonic Boom Rise of Larry. I have no clue. <laughs> Sonic, Sonic Generations. Yeah, exactly. I always think of Guile. So we boot up Sonic Forces. We make a character. And uh, we went with a red cat. That was interesting. Um, And this game isn't that bad, actually. Mm. It's uh, it feels a little bit different to me coming from not playing a Sonic game in forever, because this is really my first 3D Sonic game, I believe. But they kind of still have that feeling of running on a 2D plane, because a lot of time you're on a track. Yeah. Um, going forward. And then sometimes it switches perspective and you're going side to side and you're just doing like a regular level. But sometimes you play as Sonic. Sometimes you play as your made up character. Sometimes you're playing together. And then there's this like little story going on around this whole thing. And and I'm sitting here playing it because my son didn't really want to play it that much. He just wanted to watch me play it, I guess. Yeah. Or at least he was fine enough with doing that. And I'm sitting here. I'm like, this really isn't that bad. Honestly, uh, I know there's some Sonic games out there that are just the stories are, are cringeworthy and, and yeah. uh, voice acting and everything. But I was pleasantly surprised by what was happening. Now, there were a lot of characters that I had no clue who any of these people were. Yeah, if you haven't played any 3D ones, yeah, they've expanded that roster a lot from Tails and Knuckles. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, there's a little bit of time dimensional things going on in okay. the game as well, because uh, Sonic from the Genesis era shows up as well. He's like pulled in from another. Oh, okay. And uh, so there's a little bit of stuff going on uh, besides your just typical straightforward story. Uh, But yeah, it's got cutscenes. There's a story going on. You play through the levels. They have these interesting things where there's like an SOS mission where it's sort of like a challenge. You have to do a certain thing on a a level that you've already played before. Hmm. Uh, For instance, it will randomly select somebody else's created character and make you play as them um which is kind of interesting because then you get to see what other people did and uh, along the way you're unlocking things uh you get graded at the end of the the level that you play and if you do the best you get extra unlockables which are just you know cosmetic items that you can put on your character which make them look cooler or whatever so it's it's a lot more fun than i was expecting 
Um, I'd say the meta. So the Metacritic score, not that we want to go by that, is the be all end all, mm-hmm. is fifty seven. Oh my goodness! I would not say it's fifty seven at all. Okay, you have to say it's better. So the the player score has it at about sixty seven. Yeah, I would say probably 65, 70, somewhere in there. I mean, it's okay. not – I'm sure it's super repetitive. I, I doubt there's anything uh, crazy going on, but uh, uh, as far as you know, what you can do, it, every level kind of plays out the same. But I don't know. It's sort of like a kickback, relax, don't take it too seriously game. So hmm. uh, as far as that goes, it's – You got me thinking about it because it's only – it's 10 bucks on Xbox right now. So if I buy it for 10 bucks, Donnie gets it too. Uh, that's might, not bad. I, I might do it. I don't know if Donnie will even play it, but I enjoyed like so. Uh, Sonic Adventure 2 was one that was on GameCube, mm-hmm. and that was one of the early 3D ones too. And I actually really enjoyed that game. And from what I say, like these are somewhat similar. So I haven't played that one. Mm-hmm. I will say this the, the momentum is a little strange, the controls are definitely not 100%. Once you mm-hmm. get used to it, it's a little bit better, but I don't know. I feel like there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of soul in this one. Like they actually took Sonic and kind of they tried. <laughs> tried. Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. You, know? you go to Green Hill Zone and it's not just a re- rehash of Green Hill Zone. It's, you know, it's just I don't know. They took the a- essence of what we knew before and kind of updated it a little bit. So, again, not perfect, but it's fun. And you always have to remember I'm playing with my son, so there's that to factor oh, in. Oh yeah. Well. I don't know how much fun I would have if I just sat down and played it by myself, but it's it's fun enough. Uh, I'm sure we'll beat it pretty soon. I can't imagine it's very long. So, uh another game. Now, this is just one of the few games that I alluded to last week where I said I was going to do some uh games that were in a uh, a sale for Devolver. Yes. And uh one of them is called Crossing Souls. I've probably put the most time into this game, which is Oh, I've yes, I've seen that one. Um I I didn't really know anything about this game, but it looked like we like to say you know, flux to pose the game sometimes it had that aesthetic and uh, it's kind of a pixel art game, sort of a overhead view or isometric view. It's not isometric because it's not that it's not like, I don't know. It, it, it's not that corner version. You know what I mean? Where you see the corners of everything, that perspective. It's, it's a little bit more flat than that. Uh, Maybe uh, zombies ate your neighbors or something like that. That's what perspective and what it reminds me of so it takes place in 86 i think and it uh, reminds me of back to the future meets zombies ate my neighbors or something like that, that. sounds good um you play as a group of kids who uh, their dog just died one of their dogs just died and um that causes your little brother, at least with the starting character, to go off to your uh, treehouse fort or whatever. And he's getting up to some nonsense with some science. And uh, he finds a, a dead body out by a lake or something. So there's a little bit of like stand by stand me. Stand by me. Yeah. There's, there's all these 80s vibes that if you're familiar with the 80s uh, pop culture, you'll probably get a lot of the references. And uh, the music is really good. It's kind of a cross of orchestrated uh plucky music like kind of upbeat orchestrated music that you would hear from a soundtrack like back to the future mm-hmm. and mixed with like synth wave or something like that 80s nostalgia um synthy 
uh, pop music kind of stuff. So obviously I'm all for that. Yeah. But, uh, it's bright and colorful. There's kind of this interesting world going on. The town kind of reminded me a little bit of Earthbound because you can kind of see all these people doing different things. Like you walk out of your house and there's these guys that are standing around like a electrical pole trying to fix what what was going on there because there's been this big storm. But you just have all these people kind of like having these things happen in the background, yeah. which always makes for kind of a nicer uh, kind of background lore yeah, like a world building world build world yeah. building experience. Exactly. Um, so you switch be- between these characters. They all have different abilities. For instance, the main character wields a baseball bat. Uh, the science character wields a ray gun. And instead of being able to climb like the uh, first character can, he can use these jet boots to kind of hover and get to mm. basically long jump, get farther out so that you can platform a little bit farther. Um I think there's five characters in all and uh, the little brother, when you finally get the little brother, you get him last. I don't understand what's going on, but his abilities, if you play this game or have played it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. His abilities are interesting to say the least. I will leave it at that. I have Mm. yet to play much further than beyond getting him because I'm like, does this character even fight? Does he, or is he just useless? Does is he just somebody who we bring along for story reasons? So I've yet to find out the answer to that question, but I think I have this game because I know it's definitely on my list. And I think I bought it, but I don't think I've played it yet. Really? It might be in my switch library and I never touched it. I'm, I'm not sure. Like I know for sure I wanted this game and I thought I pulled the trigger on it somewhere. Somehow I'll have to dig and find it. It might even be on PC. I honestly don't know. I have to find it, but I'm pretty sure I own this game and, now everything you're describing makes me say like, Oh, I need to play this game. Like it, 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 you know, it, it you know what that reminds me of the whole world building and everything. It reminds me of uh point and click adventures from the Even 80s. Better. 90s. Yeah. So I think it's, <laughs> I think, I think it'll be uh, a decent game for you. Um, and yeah, like I said, a lot of story elements and, and whatnot. So it's, it really has grabbed my attention. And when I play it, I feel a sense of like happiness. I don't know. There's it's so bright and colorful and the music is so fun and just kind of cheery that uh, I really enjoy playing it. I want to put more time into it, but for, I think I got it for like $2, no. definitely under three yeah. it's worth it. It is definitely worth it. I'm adding it to my GG app. So I remember to check and find it. Yeah. Cause this is yeah. one that I'll, I'd forget that I wanted to play, but it's not super action heavy right now. Um, but I'm only in the beginning. I've probably, I think I've played an hour and a half, two hours. Um, so yeah, it, it seems really cool and I'm going to play, put more time into it and definitely uh, check back in on that one. Hmm. Uh, the last thing I've been playing is something I've been trying to play for a long time. Um, you know, I, people have talked about this game for since it's come out and I've been aware of it and I know it's great. It's one of those must plays for any gamer and I finally broke down and I said, all right, I've got some Best Buy credit certificates. Um, now is really not the time to try to find anything gaming related as far as consoles or yeah. peripherals go. But uh, mm-hmm. I kept checking back and Best Buy had this particular. Now, it's funny that this o- was the only PlayStation controller in stock. Uh, but it came out that day that I decided to finally pull the trigger on this. The Last of Us. Uh, PlayStation 4, DualShock controller, mm. limited edition, whatever. Uh, 
I snagged this so that I could go back and try PlayStation Now again because I did a seven day trial thinking this is how I would finally play PlayStation exclusives. Yep. Stream it. If you're not aware of it, it's basically just uh, Game Pass, except for you're streaming it as opposed to being allowed to download it. Um, at least because it's not like Game Pass where they have PC specific games. It's there's you're streaming a uh, PlayStation somewhere is playing this game or emulating it, and you're just kind of being beamed in the the visuals and the um, controllers, the audio, and everything. So, uh, I guess it's more like Google Stadia in that sense. So yeah, yeah, you can download them on PS4 if you have one, but you can't yes. do it on PC. Yeah, correct, correct. Um, now, the reason why I needed the controller was because some of the games were only uh, compatible with the DualShock yep. 4 with the touch bar and everything. So, yeah, certain features in there. Yep. yep. And so I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to do this, I should do it right. So I went out, grabbed the controller, came back, and booted up the game of which I was talking about earlier, The Last of Us. Now, caveats as you do your happy dance. <laughs> caveats it's the last of us original for the ps3 why it hasn't been replaced with the remaster i have no clue i don't either that's very weird um so that said you know i knew what i was getting into i wasn't too concerned about that uh what i am concerned about is that it only streams in 720p and uh stereo sound not a deal breaker I mean, I found that out as I was playing, and I'm like, "Sure, 720p. It seemed a lot better than that." But uh, yeah, it's not exactly a looker, but it's playable. The biggest problem I've had is the controller input lag. I don't know how much of that is the PS3 running at you know 25, 30 frames per second. There's definitely some obvious slowdown. It's not running at a 60 frame per second like you would expect these days, but. I'm having fun with it, man. It's been a while since I've played such an action adventure, uh, cinematic oriented game. And this one has a very uh, strong narrative. And right from the beginning, you know, you're, you're pulled right in and uh, they, they do some things that are interesting. You know, you play as a couple of different characters at first and you're left to kind of explore what's happening, walking around, uh, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. And, uh, the story plays out a little bit and then you kind of advance 20 years or whatever it is. And there you go. This is where you're at and start playing from here. So I, I'm sure there's somebody listening who hasn't played this game. So I will avoid really talking strongly about what's going on right now. Maybe I'll do that after I beat the game, but mm -hmm. I'm at the point where I've picked up Ellie. I think her name is. Yep. Right. Um, so I got her and we went to a safe house and uh, Joel, is that his name? Yep, Joel and uh, I. Yep. He fell asleep. And uh, they, they were at the safe house. He laid down, fell asleep. So I haven't got super far, but, uh, you know, I've played, I've put a little bit of time into it and uh, I will continue to do so. And it's, I'm uh, very favorable towards the game. It's exactly what I wanted. My, my biggest worry was that it wouldn't be all that it was hyped up to be or that playing it, you know, now after the fact, after the PS3 yeah. aged so long now, would it be a different experience for me? And I'm sure it is because I'm looking at it through the lens of almost, you know, nostalgia or, yeah. you know, yeah. 
kind of taking a retrospective for something that I haven't even played before, but uh, it, it hasn't been a bother so far. I've been completely enjoying it and uh, yeah, it's not keeping me from playing it at all. So I will continue to play it and probably hopefully beat it. That's the plan. So yeah, the game came out in 2013 originally. So yeah, it's a seven year old game actually just about seven years old everywhere it looks like a seven-year-old game <laughs> yeah um so as you said like to, to stay spoiler free although i feel like anybody who was gonna play it has played it by now except for you uh, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the last person on earth <laughs> you're, the, you're the last of us to play it exactly. um <laughs> the intro how hard did it hit you in the fields oh i know i'm like <laughs> having a daughter it was just like Well, and it's okay. So they do a thing where you get to play as her. And soon as that happens in any game, you're like, I know this isn't the main character. This is not going to go well. But yeah, I was just like, it's the acting. The acting is done so well. It, It good acting overrides any amount of like wooden character animation yep. or anything like that. It's the reason why telltale games have succeeded. In my opinion is <laughs> that's very true. They're not great lookers, but yeah, it, it really does. And that's, that's what grabbed me. And I'm like, okay, I'm playing this for a lot longer than I intended to tonight. So, yeah. Um, you know, I was just going to sit down, check it out, maybe put 30, 40 minutes in it. I was like, Nope, playing. I'm going to keep going until I can't go no more. So yeah, having a lot of fun with it. So I can't say a whole lot <laughs> due to a, I don't know, six or seven page NDA I had to sign. Holy cow. Uh, but I am allowed to say I am playing The Last of Us Part Two, awesome. uh, and have been for I think a week now, actually. Oh wow! Okay. So I've already got a good amount of time. All this weekend uh, did not work out because of uh, heading down to the beach house, so I haven't played it more. Uh, but I really cannot say anything, and I don't want to blow that. Uh, Sony is literally—they have my PSN ID, and they're actually monitoring my PSN ID's activity. Uh, so I don't want to trigger that but i will be able to talk about it soon and when i do i will but of course i will uh, of course respect everyone's uh spoiler method and i will not go into any story details including my official review which will be on gamesreviews.com uh i I will stay completely spoiler free story wise because as you you know basically stated even in the first game the story is what drives this game Mm -hmm. so the last thing i want to do is spoil the story for anybody at all um, but I am playing that, and I will be able to talk about it soon. Um, but the other games, I, I, I did play something this weekend. Um, everyone's been hyping it up in the Discord, so I, I pulled the trigger on it, and, and that was Clubhouse Games on Nintendo Switch. <laughs> yes. Um, it, it's, you know, if you're not familiar, it's a collective of 51 little games that are available in one cartridge, everything from, like, darts to blackjack to poker to... Um, those baseball type machines like it, it used to play we used to shoot the ball like the pitcher would pitch a ball and the batter yeah. would just hit it and it's like a pachinko machine after that yeah. they have those um bowling like all sorts of great stuff on there um i didn't get to play as much as i wanted to and unfortunately that's because i was playing it uh portable handheld and the joy cons were just so bad that i couldn't effectively play a lot of the games Mm. So I, I will play it more docked uh, this week, but touchscreen wise for games that allow touchscreen controls, uh, absolutely phenomenal. Like the game is a good looker. It's very simplistic, uh, has online capabilities. So you can play with your friends online, which is great, um, but it's just a solid buy. It's only like 40 bucks. So it's not like it's a full $60 game, yeah. but you're getting a ton of stuff for 40 bucks. So it's how a much, good little time waster. 
how much of it is two player couch like co-op couch co-op well it's not co-op because all the games are going to pit you against somebody else so like if okay. you play like speed or dominoes you're playing against so i don't think there's any games that are co-op. Oh, yeah that's what i mean sorry yeah, not yeah. Co-op, but uh i think at least half of them are are multiplayer local, local multiplayer yeah that's yeah, yeah. and if you can play local multiplayer you can play online i believe i don't think there's anything that's restricted it's just single player games and multiplayer and anything multiplayer can be played either way i believe nice um so yeah it's it's a lot of fun i'll sink more and more time into it uh this week when i can um when i have the availability to do so so i don't have a ton to say other than like it's totally worth the 40 bucks just by looking at what is on the cart or download yeah. um there's just a lot there uh and it seems to be very well done you get a little history on the different types of games too over time because a lot of this cool. stuff is like you know like chess has been around for centuries so it's like it gives you a little in between matches it'll give you a little bit of like little fun facts and stuff you might not have known huh, um cool. so it's a little bit of added stuff just so you have something to look at in between load screens but it's great it's a great one of those kinds of games like all right i'm gonna go take a dump <laughs> let me <laughs> let me hop and play something for 10 minutes i can just you know pop in and do something it's like really quick easy to play uh, type things that it's a good looker and it's it's very uh accessible too so for people who aren't gamers uh these games are it's like Wii sports but board game variety like it's very easy to play all of these games like grandma can play them too so it's a good gateway game i would just be glad to finally learn how to play backgammon like what That's is the in there i don't understand backgammon show me 51 games clubhouse games show me how it's done yep and there are tutorials for every game um, and then you can set difficulty levels too. So you can kind of ease yourself into uh, learning the game and the nuances of them. But they have like my Mancala is another one. Like I don't know how to play that. And that's on there. Yeah. Um, but there's a bunch of stuff like I'm not familiar with. That I'm looking forward to jumping in. Uh, I played Yahtzee or Yacht Dice as they have to call it. <laughs> yes. Um, Texas Hold'em, Blackjack, Darts. I tried to play the baseball and I did for a while. But then the Joy-Cons weren't responding when I was trying to pitch. So I got stuck. Um I think that's it. That's all I got to play, but it, it was great. A lot of fun. And it's really something um, somebody mentioned to me, like this could have been the game that could have been bundled with the switch. Oh yeah. It's like one of those experiences where it's like, it's nothing too deep, but it's a ton of fun. And it shows the different varieties of ways you can play on the switch, uh, whether it's docked, portable touchscreen, multiplayer online, multiplayer in home by yourself. Like there's so many options that it's a great showcase. It much better than one, two switch ever was as far as showcasing the things, but does it utilize HD rumble? Because if it doesn't, then I don't start. know. Maybe I haven't played everything enough to definitively say yes. That's why or no. it wasn't a pack in because there wasn't enough <laughs> was <a> rumble. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So if you got $40 and you feel like playing something that's a nice little, um, you know, family friendly game that you can just kind of teach anybody and kind of show off the power of the switch too. So, nice. um, and the last thing I was playing that was actually really all in on up until uh, the last of us part two came into my lap is a game called those who remain. And this is another walking simulator game uh, that I got a, a review code for. Uh, but this is one that Donnie actually was watching first and he tuned me onto it. And I was like, oh, this does seem kind of cool. Uh, it was an ID at Xbox title. Yeah. Um, and basically uh, what this game is, I'll read the, the official uh, description. Uh, As the lights go out, the embers of darkness are stoked away in the sleepy town of Dor- Dormont. Uh, whispers of disappearances carry throughout the town as a burgeoning, uneasy, and irrational fear begins to spread, and darkness comes to be an unwelcome reflection to those who remain. 
hence the name. Uh, some mistakes should never happen, not when your life is complete, yet they do. Edward, who is your character, had the good life, a beautiful wife, perfect little girl, and then yet finds himself several whiskeys down and driving through the night of dormant to his, end his secret affair in a bid to try and fix his mistakes in his life. Oh, uh, as you pull, yeah. <laughs> so relatable. <laughs> should joke about that. <laughs> bad. Um, as you pull into the hotel, uh, the motel, uh, you're unaware how much this night will change your life and the horrors and darkness that thrive in the corner of every eye are torn loose. Um, basically, it's a walking simulator game, so it's not like any combat or anything like that, but you are required to avoid darkness. Um, ah. You want to try and, and never enter a dark room because as you do, there's these shadow people basically standing in every dark room with like hatchets and swords and they just have glowing eyes. So whenever you walk into a dark room... Um, you have to try and turn on a light if you plan on going through there. So you can look to the sides and see if there's a light switch. But as you're doing that, if you go too far into the room, everything just starts to get fuzzy and shake and eventually you die. Like within seconds, it's super quick. Uh, but if you get to a light switch, they'll just disappear and you can proceed through the room. So all you see as you walk into a dark room is like the blue lights of the eyes and shadow outlines of people standing there. It is super creepy. And that's the thing. Like if you're playing with like headphones on in the dark, it's one of those games that the atmosphere kind of really gets to you where it's not scary. I haven't seen anything really like that would be like a jump scare or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but it's the, just the uneasiness it gives you as you're playing through, because you're like, I need to get through here. I know I do, but I need to find a way to get the light and I'll just find these, you know, you'll be walking through a field and you cross, you know, just 50 of these shadow people standing with the blue eyes like glowing at you it's just really creepy like children of the corn kind of stuff yeah unsettling it sounds like yeah and as you're as you're on your adventure to try and basically just get back home almost is what your guys trying to do at this point um you run into finding stories of other people who also had things happen in their life that went the wrong way similar to your character so it's almost like he's reflecting on other people's uh misfortunes um and as you piece together the story of what happened to these other people, uh, you come to a point where you make a decision for that person's soul, basically. Like, oh. you'll come across some of these figures will actually talk to you that are ghosts or apparitions. And there's this mysterious person in a mask who will ask you to decide this person's fate after you hear their story. So, there's like, uh, for instance, there'll be a dad and his kid got involved with the accidental death of somebody else due to bullying and you're reading through the story to find out that the dad covered it up yes but the mother died uh when the boy was young and the dad was just trying to hold his family together and it puts you in these scenarios where you're like you could go either way where you're like no this dad should pay for everything and basically you choose to have him burn in hell or you can redeem his soul and you have to make those tough decisions and that's really what the game's about is piecing together the story in this weird place and deciding the fate of other people where I'm sure at the end, you're going to come across your own fate. Um, I just didn't get that far into it, but I made it more than halfway into it. It's a, it's a very intriguing twist on our typical walking simulations because yes, you're just walking from set piece to set piece. You're finding clues. You're finding, you know, get the key to turn on this box and and you get the code for this safe and you got to do these different things which those are the tropes but the whole light aspect of light versus darkness kind of adds a little bit different to it um, as you kind of slip in and out of reality with these shadow people so yeah that sounds kind of cool i saw this pop up when i logged into steam one time and it was like all over the steam news or whatever or store so must have just come out yeah it came out may 28th um 
on Steam has mixed reviews right now. It's going for like 17 bucks. Mm. Um, it, it it's weird on PC because if you say like on console, 20 bucks sounds like a good price for like a walking simulator. But on PC, there seems like to be so many that you're like, yeah. this should be 10 bucks on computer, but I'd pay 20 on console. But that's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, I could definitely see it being like a humble bundle game or something of that nature. Um, but yeah, it's fun if you're into these types of games. It's just a little bit of a different twist. Um, graphics aren't groundbreaking. They're really, I mean, they're not bad, but they're not great either. Mm-hmm. Um, the sound engineering is all right. The story is kind of really what just keeps me interested and just the sense of unease it gives you where it's not really a horror game, but it just makes you feel uneasy uh, about playing it. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I will get to it back to it eventually once I finish Last of Us. Um to give more information on that so i'll let you know if the end holds up uh because i said i'm more i was more than halfway through i was probably about 75 percent through the game and just kind of like well i need to play this now instead i can't keep playing this game so <laughs> yeah um yeah so that's basically what we've been playing uh so enough from us it's time to hear from you folks so it's time to check out the messages message for you sir First one comes in from Seth. Two-parter. This is where the show goes down a little bit. Uh, First part. Do you think recent events, specifically talking George Floyd, protests, riots, uh, will have an impact on your personal gaming choices, either in the short or long term? Um, So, so for instance, Lucas, you said you were playing um, Crossing Souls or whatever that was, and that was a nice, happy game. Like, Was that a choice? Because everything's going on, you're like, man, I can't play something depressing. But then again, you're playing The Last of Us. So um, <laughs> do you find yourself kind of seeking something different? Or is this not contributing to your entertainment choices? Um, maybe uh, unconsciously or, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm not controlling it that way. But I, I, I have to believe that I'm more drawn to the colorful, bright things that make me forget that what's going on in the world right now. Um, I mean, these types of things that are happening in the world, I mean, it's tough. I, I already dislike that type of stuff, you know, like things that are happening, uh, fill me with unease and it's just, it's awful. And I already felt that way. So if I came across a game that, that was similar in tone or, or somehow, taking advantage of a situation or, or whatever. Like if I get that weird feeling like, Ooh, um, I don't, I just already tend to avoid that type of stuff anyway. Uh, what comes to mind is like the game hatred. Do you remember that game? No, I, th- I don't remember if it was a PC exclusive, but it came out on steam and it was basically a game about killing uh, uh, pe- innocent people. Like oh God, it's on Nintendo switch. Oh, Wow, that's very surprising. But yeah, it's coming. It's announced. Kill random people for no reason. And when that was announced, I was like, I have no desire to play that. What? Oh my God. Yeah, you're right. Hatred is a violent twin stick shooter in which you take the role of the antagonist fighting against all of humanity. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) And so, like, I feel like the, these, things that are happening in the world only cement my position that when I see something that's wrong, I, you know, steer clear of it. I mean, shoot, I'm looking at, so I'm just looking, I'm like 
fall into this hole because right when you first started taking like thinking of examples of games i thought of like postal was another good example you're like i don't want to play that but so hatred is adults only rated wow i did not know that it's on steam as an ao title well and see like as a kid postal was funny to me yeah now i'm just like oh these are the consequences of this thing that I'm playing. And yeah, what is the saying? What is the saying about me? That type of thing. And you have to be more careful than ever about that type of thing. So unfortunately we live in a world where it is very dangerous to speak out about certain things. And so, you know, like hatred, I'm not going to go out of my way and say like, Oh, you shouldn't play it or, or whatever. Or judge yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I have a friend who ended up playing it a lot. He, pretty sure he beat the game uh, and that's his choice but you know you gotta be very careful about hitching up your wagon to <laughs> to messages and being like we should ban this game off steam or, or whatever yeah I, I am pretty open-minded when it comes to everybody's you know opinion to what they like and don't like but a video game is one thing real life events are a whole nother story so yeah i mean i'm with you too like I, i've had a tough time of trying to kind of unplug not so much from gaming because gaming I see as my escape from reality period. Yeah. So unless I'm doing something like hatred where I'd be like, Oh my God, this just makes me even more depressed. I typically find anything to still be an escape. So even games like the last of us where it's not a happy game per se, uh, still feels like an escape from what is going on. And, and, and should we be escaping from it? That's, that's a personal preference from other people. It's just my mental health right now. I just can't deal anymore like we you know people make jokes about 2020 and how this year has been but this has been a really god-awful year i think for everybody and and sometimes you want to just not have to think about everything that's going on and and you know i was just gonna say i personally think it's a little bit unfair to expect everyone to just try and be out there you know constantly in front of the world and just being like, I'm going to take a stand right now and Mm -hmm. do this and do that. Because, you know, like you said, not everybody has the mental fortitude to go on Twitter, say something in an absolute tweet and then get the backlash for good or worse. I mean, you can't really do anything. That's why it's so hard for me to even like say what I'm trying to say because I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but it's a, whole different political socio uh landscape out there and i don't blame anybody for wanting to escape it <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, so i think like gaming choices wise to kind of go back to this question a little bit it's it's not necessarily the i think what my gaming choices right now is i i will go to comfort games doesn't yeah. mean it's necessarily a happy game it's just something i know i will enjoy one way or another like just just so that I know that whatever time I am dedicating to my hobby is going to be enjoyable, not just something I take a dice on, like I roll the dice and say, oh, I don't know if this game's going to be good. Let's try it. And I'm like, oh, man, this game sucks. And I'm already in a bad mood because this world is like I'm kind of just going to stuff that I know I will enjoy. So like if I'm not like, you know, before I started playing The Last of Us, uh, you know, I was playing like Saints Row the Third, a game I already knew I love. So I know that I'm like, well, this is going to be a great experience one way or another. Yeah. So I'm going to play this and. So I think I'll be doing that for a while, um, just finding comfort games. Uh, not necessarily worried about the the content per se. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so Seth's second part is, do you think the events may have an impact on game development, specifically large game developers like EA or 2K? More specifically, I'm thinking of the level and freedom of violence in GTA or other open world games, uh, but also, also about having more diverse protagonists and stories. So um, I'll give you some time to think about this, Lucas. I'll jump right into this one. Like GTA and stuff, I've kind of always had a love-hate with GTA like mm-hmm. I don't, I honestly don't mind violence in a video game as long as there is a purpose. Um, if it's just to do something because you can do something, I've always kind of struggled with that a little bit and saying, well, what's the point? Yeah. You know, yes, you can, you can, you grant that thought, you can have sex with a hooker and then kill her and get your money back. Like, it, why? <laughs> like, you don't, don't need to do that at all. Is like, there, it's just, is there a character reason for doing that? Because, like, in Grand Theft Auto 5, Trevor was a good example of, a character reason to go on a bender and just mm-hmm. start blowing things up with an RPG. Right. But yeah. There wasn't a sex addict or anything like that in that game. Exactly. So, so like the mindless stuff, I have a problem with the, the violence. I don't think in games is going to go away. Cause unfortunately, I don't even want to say unfortunately, because I enjoy violent games too. Like, like you look at like borderlands that's violent as all get out, but mm-hmm. it may not have the, the socio-political, messages you know in them like a grand theft auto might be echoing reality you know a little bit yeah Uh, especially when you saw like games like san andreas was a very real game for a lot of people because that's how you know gang violence was in like the 90s in los angeles and stuff like that like that's just what it was Mm -hmm. um i don't think it's going to change because it sells um diverse protagonists i i don't know why there's not more overall and i think gaming took a hard swing where everything was like oh it's a white male and then it took this hard swing into now there's a ton of female main characters yeah but they're still mostly white yeah and you don't get a lot of games where you have like a black or hispanic or even asian protagonist unless it's like sleeping dogs like yeah or you play like a yakuza game like yeah they're gonna be asian like that's just because it's an asian game um but like games like Watch Dogs 2, you played a black main character in Marcus, and that was a great game done well with a diverse uh, uh, team that he had with him. Uh, you look at you know some of the characters in games or your know, sidekicks are maybe culturally diverse, but not the main characters. So mm-hmm. I I don't know that this event and everything that's going on will change that, but I feel like it, it's almost in that trend where it's starting to, it should change because we've just gone to death and saying, okay, we have a female protagonist on every other game or 75% of the games. And now we need to go back and do men, but let's do men of color. Whatever the case is. I, I don't know that these events will change that, but I feel like naturally, eventually it will anyway, uh, just to be a little bit more diverse and be able to tell stories um, in, from a different perspective. You know? Yeah. I, Um, What I would like to see is specifically thinking of something like Grand Theft Auto uh, for everybody, uh, but especially uh, um, the minorities and stuff like that is I feel like it's too easy for them to fall into the stereotypes that that we are all aware of. And it's one thing to have an archetype of a character where it's just like, oh, this is the the. like a Han Solo type character, yep, an archetype like that. But to kind of like some of the stuff that people say while you're walking around, uh, is a lot of it sounds very, yeah. <laughs> very like, oh, I don't know if I'm comfortable with this. Uh, all of the swearing and stuff aside, but yeah, yeah, it's just some very stereotypical sounding and acting characters, and that's kind of some of the stuff that I'd like to see change from this because 
that's just lazy writing is what that is. But yeah, um, like you said, I don't, it's tough because I've always, when I played Watch Dogs 2, I had a hard time with that game, but I never said to myself, you know what I wish I was doing? Playing as a white guy. <laughs> yeah, like like Marcus's character is, is is honestly, and I know not a lot of people, especially in our community, like played a ton of Watch Dogs 2 or gave it a chance even in some cases, but like Marcus was a different character because not not just because he's a black but but you're like okay i'm a black hacker yeah and i and i actually don't use a stereotypical gun like an ak-47 like he was a different character he was a smart educated black man that was you know pinned up against the wall and did what he did you know did what he needed to do to to try and make things right but that was a very different character which i'm just shocked you don't see more because you're right it's easy to be like okay here's a you know yakuza game let's be the stereotypical Asian guys. All you can do is Kung Fu. Cause you can't do anything else. Like yeah, every, every black character in grand theft auto has got to be a thug, a gangbanger from the street. Like it's, it's those are the things that's like, those are tired tropes. Like we don't like seeing them in movies. So why do we accept them in not accept them? Cause we don't really have a choice. We're not making the games, but why do we not think about it in a game as much? But like, if you see it on a movie, you like roll your eyes and it's like, Oh my God, it's one of these things, you know, like, yeah, I, I mean, I think video games are one of the best ways to uh, walk in someone else's shoes. And if you can make those stories be more realistic and less tropey and everything, then I think that's more beneficial for everybody. You know, there's stories out there that I can't say I would ever experience because of where I was, who I am, where I was raised. And I would like to gain more perspective on people's lives. So, you know, this is one way that we can do that and uh, those writers of these video games can share their stories or share stories that they know and i don't know let's all just do better <laughs> yeah and so this this ties directly into josh's question which he was following up from seth's two questions uh, how will games in the future try to tell a narrative be affected trying to tell a narrative be affected like if rockstar or ubisoft wanted to take tackle a historical game that could perhaps have persecution of a certain race or religion um, you know, we see it a little bit, especially with Nazis, you know, like Wolfenstein, obviously, like games like that. But Ubisoft doing Assassin's Creed, but they're more like, you know, ancient Egypt, ancient Greece with a twist on it. You know, they're not really taking things for it to be literal. Um, I don't know. I don't know if anybody would tackle these things in a certain aspect other than you look at like the Nazis, uh, what happened to the Jews, things like that. Like I, I not that I'd be against it, but like you, I don't know if any gaming company has the balls to take on like slavery or racial injustice in the USA, like on a serious note, oh, not make it a tropey game, you know? Right. And I think mafia three dealt a little bit with racism because of the time it was the sixties. Um, so I was surprised that there was as much uh, dealing with that in there as there was, but I believe there was a game, a simulator coming out that was supposed to simulate the slavery time period and it ended up getting a lot of flack because it was coming off as a slavery simulator as yeah. in, like let me be a <laughs> let me slavery tycoon you know yeah yeah instead of like an educational yeah here's what happened let's make sure that never happens again type deal so it is tough it's tough to walk that line between like here's a game that lets you experience what it's like to gas Jews or whatever right? Uh, versus here's a horrible thing that happened in hi- history and this is how it affected people. Uh, it yeah. all comes down to how you approach it. And maybe that's what it comes down to really is people will stop and think more about 
what they're writing, what they're programming, the events, the things that we have to do. I mean, Grand Theft Auto, where you have to torture that guy. A lot of people thought that that really was just out of the blue, even for uh, um, what's his name? Gosh, I just said it earlier. Trevor. Trevor, Thank you. All I could think of was Kenny. Um, (laughs) It didn't make any sense. Uh, So yeah, maybe it helps in that, in that little uh, neck of being able to make video games is we all stop and think, Hey, what am I doing that? And how, how is this affecting everyone's perspective of these events, these people? Yeah. So dev chimes in, how do you think the current events affect a game like watchdogs legion of all things? So watchdogs legion is basically you play as almost anybody. So the, the maskless or the mass population rising up against a, pseudo government operation so it's almost echoing what we see in the world today a little bit mm-hmm. um i don't know dev so like i watch dogs i'm all for and i've always enjoyed all of those games so i've been looking forward to legion for two years when it was unveiled i don't think it's going to change their narrative like i think this game is pretty much done so i don't think they're going to take a softball approach and kind of backpedal any of it if anything i think it might help sales because of people being angry and wanting to experience that in a in a safe fashion versus you know hitting the streets necessarily um so i think actually ubisoft may end up getting a sales bump if it comes out in 2020 uh even if it's late 2020 i think they'll actually get it'll benefit sales a little bit just because people might be able to relate to it being angry against uh the man and and i don't mean that as like a white man black man thing i mean just against the, the powers that be being able to rise up against them yeah i I pretty much agree with you. And if (laughs) they could probably add some of the things that have been happening in real Mm -hmm. life to this game and benefit from that as well, to be able to explore different outcomes, different stories and stuff in the that we're experiencing now. And like you said, that can help. I can help people. So it just depends on the perspective. Yeah. And last question comes from Garrett. Does the sky technically have a color? (laughs) Well, I mean, yes, because it is it is basically given a color by what's around it, right? The atmosphere mm-hmm. takes on the color of for us the water, right? The wa- no, I forget how it works because the water's blue because the sky is blue. So why is the sky blue or vice versa? Science. I'm not smart enough to know, but I'm I'll here. go with you and say yes, it has a color. <laughs> what the color is, I don't know, but it has a color. It's a uh, sky blue, obviously, because that's why it's called sky blue. I see skies of blue. Oh, please, no. Talk about Red it. roses, too. There's a trope that can stop <laughs> anytime. All right, we'll stop then. So let's move on. It's been a week. Oh, boy, has it been a week. So let's check out the news, gaming news of the week. I'm Commander Shepard. And this is my favorite news outlet on the Citadel. Lucas, I will let you go first, sir. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Let's start with this little gem right here. So here's a game that finally broke Animal Crossing New Horizons Incredible run at the top of the eShop charts. So no surprise. We've talked about how popular Animal Crossing has been. Um, physical, digital, doesn't matter. People want to talk about a cheery escape, right? Yeah. Um, well, it's finally been dethroned. 
do you did you already look at the article? Do you? Want I to- did. I did. Uh, Never mind, man. Yeah, I I was like, hmm, what could this be? I was like, is this Clubhouse Games? And it's it's not. It uh, Does it surprise you? Before I give it away, it surprised me up until I realized, like, well, that was the only other thing that really came out. So then I was like, oh, this makes sense. I guess, yeah. So uh, you guys have talked about it a little bit. Uh, you were playing it last week, Minecraft Dungeons. Um. I guess I'm a little bit surprised because I feel like not too many people bought Diablo three, but of course this has yeah. the pull, the pull of Minecraft. So and it's cheaper. It's only 20 bucks. That's true. That's true. But it, I'm surprised reviews didn't stop some folks. Like we've had people on our discord even say like on switch there's a lot of lag and it's not running very well. So yeah, I'm surprised that hasn't had an effect on people, but and Minecraft itself has a very deep gameplay loop. And I feel like, Minecraft Dungeons might not not as much yet. Yeah, like it it just seems like with the the length of the game that you uh mm-hmm. told or talked about and just I don't know, it's kind of surprising that it would that quickly upend. Now, I guess my question here is is it based on sales every week? Yes. Okay. It's so, the current top seller once it does that. Okay. So maybe so Clubhouse Games uh, is going to take that down next week. Yeah, I bet. I that's my say. that's my bet. That's my bet is that Clubhouse Games will not dethrone it next time we see those updates. Yeah, I bet you're right. I bet you're right. But yeah, I guess good, good on Microsoft, though. I mean, they, they did it. They have they have a number one selling game on Nintendo Switch. Like good for them. Yeah, that's true. That's a good, very good point. So there you go. Minecraft Dungeons. Everyone's playing it now. That's that's the new narrative. Everyone's playing Minecraft Dungeons. Everyone. And if you're not. You're a tool. Exactly. So speaking of tools, Sega uh, decided to <laughs> announce what well, this was it you that had the story last week about. Yeah. Yeah. The, the big news is, is this the big news? Like, I don't, I still don't know what Sega's big news ended up being. I think I saw a, because it was confu- This is confusing. I think I saw a confirmation that this was indeed the news that. Okay. The big news. So this is not big news, literally in in quality or in the actual size of the product. Uh, Sega is reviving its 1990 handheld, the Game Gear, as a mini retro console for the company's 60th anniversary. So, you know, the mini versions of consoles have been super popular for Nintendo, not so much for Sony. Um, But this one is bizarre, Lucas, because it, it really is a tiny Game Gear Micro. Like the screen is just over an inch diagonal. That, 1.15. It's a third like, of the size of the original screen. It's like looking into a camera. Like if you go to take a picture and, and a camera, you know, not your phone, mm-hmm. the old things people used to use to take pictures. Yeah. It's teeny tiny. What, when I saw a picture of it, like, because when you see it, they have all of these um, promotional pictures. So you can see all the different versions yeah. and everything. It doesn't give you the size factor because everything looks to scale, but then you see somebody holding it and it looks like a joke. It's like this. It's smaller than a credit card. I think Yeah, it's tiny. Yeah. It's it the, the entire unit itself is about three and oh, three and a quarter, not even three and a eighth inches big, like wide. So <laughs> it's that's smaller than a credit card. Like it, it is completely insane. Um, they're releasing different uh, color variations, four color variations. Uh, each one has four games on it. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, Puyo Puyo 2, Outrun, Royal Stone, Sonic and Tails, 
Gunstar Heroes, Sylvan Tail, Baku Baku Animal, Shining Forces, Gaiden, Shining Forces, Gaiden 2, Shining Force, Gaiden Final Conflict, uh, Nazo Puyo Arl Noru, oh, good uh, and then Mega Megami Tensei Gaiden, couple of games, Last Bible, Last Bible Special, uh, the GG Shinobi and Columns. But then they have the audacity to also, because the screen is so small, to release an accessory, the Big Window Micro, uh, which you can get your hands on by pre-ordering all four of the Game Gear oh. Micro units at the same store. So and that you can get the big window that will project it up to be this, the basically the size of uh, the original Game Gear. So you have to basically spend two hundred dollars to get a magnifying glass to s- strap onto your. Yep, which which covers, you know, most of the device that you're holding too. I so it makes it even harder to push those buttons. Because those buttons are like you got to use your fingertip to press them. It's not, you're not putting your whole thumb on those buttons. There's no, no way. There's no way. There's no way. Uh, it will be powered by two AAA batteries, but you can also uh, power it by a USB micro cable uh, features a built-in speaker and a headphone jack. <laughs> now, why didn't they make, okay. Why didn't they make this normal size? It could be smaller. That's fine. Sure. A little bit smaller, not micro, but make it also play Genesis games. Make it usable. Why is it four games? No, uh-huh. it better it's, be expandable. I, I don't know. Like I, it, you can't hook it up to a TV, so you can actually see what you're doing. You mean right? I mean, like <laughs> I don't know if you'd even be able to do anything to it, like to try and hack it. But I mean, if it has only four games, the memory can't be that big on it either. Like it's oh. just, it's absolutely insane. Like why did they even think this was a good idea? Release one, put fifty games on it. Even if you're doing just Game Gear, whatever, put like fifty games on it. Like why? Release it bigger, charge a hundred bucks. They right. probably I, sell a lot more. I was gonna say fifty dollars is too. Like if it was supposed to be like a keychain esque uh, <laughs> shelf thing, like yeah. make it twenty twenty five dollars. What mm-hmm. are you doing? Sega. This is the dumbest thing. I mean, maybe it'll sell in Japan, but I mean, let, let's be completely honest. This isn't being Kevin hates everything type thing, but like Sega has not been relevant in the gaming ecosphere in a long time now. And I think people need to realize that Sonic is basically the only thing they still do that has moderate success. And their top selling games are the ones where it's Sonic and Mario. <laughs> Like yeah. so, well, and they've they've been doing like mini consoles or whatever for a while, yeah. but they shipped them or they basically shopped them out to yep. at games or whatever. Yeah, they did horrible emulation ports of them, and like they were doing it before anybody, and they couldn't even do that right. Yeah, they didn't even know what they had on their hands. Like, what are you doing, Sega? Stop it. Yep. Stop doing it. I don't like it. it makes me sad. What else you got? Oh, gosh. It's got to be something happy. (laughs) Uh, Let's go with this one. Is Bloodborne coming to PC, Kevin? Sounds like it. I mean, everything else that was on PS4 is coming to PC, right? So It's not even just Bloodborne. It's a remaster because, you know, 4K60. It's the new Mm. standard now. Yeah. When did this game come out? 2015? Uh, I will double check, but that sounds about right. Might be actually be a little bit newer than that. 15, 16. Let's see. It came out 2015. You're right. March 24, 2015. So just, just over five years ago. And it's remastered. That is kind of crazy because it was on a current gen console too. So it wasn't even like it was last gen. I mean, it's one thing to patch a game and just go, okay, this can do 4k 16 now, but sure. 
to re-release it. I mean, it hasn't been released on PC, so. But um, it's coming to the PS5, which. Okay, I mean, so I guess that makes a little more sense. A little bit better, but now this is a rumor still, but it just seems so odd to me to call it a remaster. You know what I mean? Like when GTA 5 came out, we already knew they were coming out for the PS4 and the Xbox One. They didn't call it a remaster. It was just the better version of the game. I know five years is a long time, but it just still just seems weird. I'm not mad about it. It just seems weird. Yeah, because I'm looking and I was thinking, I'm like, well, when did Saints Row the third come out? I'm like, yeah, that was 2011. So that was longer. I'm like, I'm sitting there trying to think of other games that have been remastered that quick. And you're right. Like, that is. That's a quick turnaround. Yeah. I mean, I'm I mean, excited. I want to play it. I heard it was good. So, like I said, I'm not upset. It just so- seems so weird. Do you think they want it to be? I bet. You, do you think they want it to be a launch title? Yeah, I think so. It's got to be right. Yeah, because really, yeah, I mean, I'm even looking at like Bioshock Infinite, and that was 2013. So like all these games are older. Yeah, I think Bloodborne. I mean, there are people who are like diehard people for these Souls Bloodborne games, and I think that would be a solid, not for me, um, but that it would be a solid like launch title that would get people's attention, and and you want it to run as best as possible on ps5 if it's going to be a launch game especially and then going to pc obviously like there are tweaks you can do to pc so that's not as difficult i think Mm -hmm. but i think with sony like i think this may say a lot for the power of the ps5 like if this game warrants a remaster and there's going to be that much of a difference then how much more powerful is the ps5 over the ps4 which then maybe is the reason why i mean maybe it's really that great i mean we still don't really know like these Microsoft and Sony, man, they're not really telling us what things matter yet. And and this might be an example of to, okay, it is a huge difference after all, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's an interesting thing. If it's true, it is not, it is still a rumor, but um, somebody basically said, I'll give you a hundred bucks to donate to charity. If you give me details on this longtime rumored bloodborne porn. Yeah. And so they say it's a trusted source. Then, I mean, what more do you want? I mean, it makes air quotes sense that yeah. if they could, if they weren't developing a sequel, then a remaster would make more sense than just doing a straight port. I guess if you're looking at something to remaster for the PS5, this yeah. is probably uh, an exclusive. This is probably the best. Yeah, because I feel it. I feel like they're already working on like Horizon Zero Dawn two. Like, so yeah. they're not going to remaster. I mean, they may remaster eventually, but that's not a priority. Fans would rather have the sequel to that. That's already on PC at this point, right? Did it hit already? It's coming. It's official. All right, it's coming. Um, so like, if you're just porting it to PC but not actually going for a remaster, then you know you can put it on there. But I guess if you're going, if you were redoing it for PS5 and saying, well, now's the time to bring it to PC as well, might as well use the better version. Um, you know, Last of Us Two. Yeah. They, they haven't said anything, but it, it's got to be on PS5 like as well. There's no way it's not. You know. Yeah, I so. agree. Uh, just a side note. Horizon Zero Dawn is coming to in summer. To okay. The PC. So, so very not soon. far off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of remasters um, and possibly ones that nobody was asking for, at least not anybody in my state, <laughs> Kingdoms of Amalar is getting remastered as a re reckoning. So, um, yeah, this was a 2012 action RPG, Kingdoms of Amalar, uh, coming August 18th. This was kind of leaked before uh, THQ Nordic wanted to state it. So, um 
it leaked out and then they basically came back and confirmed that uh it was it was put out they didn't want to uh put it out there that early but it did um so i played this game briefly um same it was okay like i didn't have a problem with it my problem was more the the backstory of this that really kind of only affected rhode island so the you know bear with me listeners here but basically the studio that made it was 38 studios uh headed by you know world series pitcher for the red sox uh Kurt Schilling, who's now been ousted by ESPN, <laughs> like a bigot from his commentary and stuff like that. And I met him in person once he shopped at my Best Buy and he was kind of a, a slime ball. Um, <laughs> he also was a terrible video game studio boss because after the game was released, uh, employees stopped being paid. Um, oh, my, my oh. state gave them a loan of $75 million to make this game and to bring jobs to Rhode Island. Um, and it, came out but then everything fell through like Rhode Island didn't get any additional jobs from it the studio closed Uh, basically we just took the property and and everything inside of it from computers to to desks and stuff and sold them at auction to try and get some of our money back but uh, Rhode Island just lost 75 million dollars for this game coming out period that was you know taxpayer money so I helped fund this game that we ended up having to just be out that that money as a state that's so awful because this game seemed very promising. I mean, mm-hmm. I played it and I basically was like, oh, this is World of Warcraft single player. But yeah, um, didn't it have Seth MacFarlane helping on like art and some other stuff? There was a lot of creative. I believe, I believe he did some promotional. Stuff. I don't know if he did art in the game, but I think he did some promotional stuff for it. And I think it was really I think it was just mismanagement overall. Where you had somebody that was heading a studio that had no business heading a studio. Uh, in Kurt Schilling because he put up $50 million uh, of money in it. And like people just being overpaid and the studio just made a lot more promises than what they could back up. And their sales numbers were what they were projecting just wasn't feasible, especially in a year where this came out, I believe within weeks of Skyrim. So you have an established franchise in the elder scrolls coming out in the most ambitious version of that game to ever come out. And then this new series, which by its own standards, wasn't absolutely terrible but you're going toe to toe with the big ones that you're not going to win. It's like you put another assassins game opposite assassins creed. You're not going to win that battle. Like you're just not for a new studio, especially. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. Apparently I was wrong. That is not this game. I thought Seth MacFarlane did something for this. Oh, so I thought he did artwork for it. Okay. He may have, but I'm not seeing it anywhere else. So I could be wrong. I don't know. Backpedal, backpedal. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so THQ Nordic bought the rights uh, back in 2018 for the game. Um, So none of the original creators or uh, Kurt Schilling are going to make any money off of it. But also my state doesn't get any of the money back from this either. So it's really just a sore point. But I will say the remaster from what is shown, it looks good. Uh, I'd totally be willing to try this game again at a, you know, a value. I would not pay full price for it. But yeah. Yeah, I, I think this game deserves a second chance yeah. because nobody was talking about this when it came out, really. Yeah, and it I seemed agree. interesting. So. Yes, yes. Like I said, by no means was was awful, but when you go toe to toe with Skyrim, it just didn't. Medieval fantasy games can't stand toe to toe with the big dogs. Exactly. Are you ready to have your mind blown? I am ready for you to blow my mind. I don't have any Fallout seventy six news. For once, they didn't make the headlines. I'm Ooh. sorry, everybody. I mean, it, you can't you can't keep a streak forever. Although, hey, I, I think we convinced Garrett to buy a copy of the game. So <laughs> that's we, all we've helped, we helped you, Bethesda. 
Yes. You know what? Phil Spencer says you can't even appreciate the true power of next gen yet. I found this very interesting. So I read this article. It's on GameSpot. And uh, basically, he's uh, Phil Spencer talks about how difficult it is to explain or show um, the power of next gen right now, because obviously with social distancing and everything, like they're more verbally trying to explain or visually through video. Yeah. And he talks about the feel is the most important part because of course, minuscule upgrades and visuals. Yeah. Now, um, he says the, the feel, the improvement that comes with 60 frames per second. Now, as a PC gamer, I've been running, I've been running games at 60 frames per second for quite some time now. I did that on Oregon Trail. And it just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that game ran, ran at 120 frames per second. I just find it really weird to be like, this is the power of next gen, 60 frames per second. I mean, anybody who's played an older game on a PC, you've never been locked to 30 frames. You, I'm sure most people have played something at 60 frames per second, whether they right. need it or not. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. I mean, we've talked about it, especially too, saying like it, we we felt it was hard to really demonstrate what next gen was. It was going to be more about how games perform better, they load quicker, things like that versus these visual upgrades. But you're right to sit there and say like, well, you ain't seen nothing yet, so you've seen 60 frames per second. It's like, well, really? Like, that's what you're talking about. Not, you know, there's virtually no load times anymore. There's no yeah. lag in anything. It's like, no, it's just for 60 frames per second. It's like, well, there are games that run in 60 frames per second now on console, too. So yeah. not even PC. I'm like, there's console games that do that. That's so true. I, I, I'm hoping it was just kind of him misspeaking or, or, you know, misrepresenting what he meant to say. Because I do feel that people can't appreciate how much better they are until they actually play them. I don't know that 60 frames per second is what makes it feel better once they play them. Yeah. 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 I don't. I mean, I was looking through this article trying to figure out, okay, maybe there's more to that statement. And he talks about being able to um, have no frame rate stable, you know, no drops. Yeah. Fluidity of it. And I'm just like. Yeah, you uh, Xbox One has games like that. One X, right? It, 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 I I was just grasping at anything that here that could possibly make that make any sense at all. I, I don't understand. Because I mean, what? like, if I'm playing a game and visually on, on, so like I'm playing a game on Xbox One, and I'm looking at the same game on Xbox Series X, if the graphics aren't that huge of a difference, and the only difference I'm getting is, well, there was a couple scenes where the frames dropped a little bit mm-hmm. or I spend $600 on a new console <laughs> to not have those three scenes drop. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know that the value is there now. Is there other benefits? Absolutely. But it's just his statement makes it sound like, well, that's the difference. So yeah, you're going to need this new piece of hardware, Lucas right away. So mm-hmm. that your frames are stable. Well, here's I didn't even th- know my frames were unstable. Oh, that- that and for him to make that statement is a little weird, Phil. You're not developing the games. That's up to the studio. So if it's a crappy studio making a game, guess what? It might still not be 60 frames per second. Like it's That's not, true. You can't guarantee at a console that the media on here will operate at this because we know the Xbox Series X is capable of 120, but they don't know how to utilize that yet per se. 
Yeah. So I don't feel like he can make that statement. You could say all of our Xbox studio games will run at 60 frames guaranteed or better. Yeah. Then that's a statement yeah. he can make. But to say that, like, well, here's the reason why you need the Series X is because of this. That doesn't quite make sense yet to me. Like, you're right. Like, you can't speak for other developers. So weird. So weird. He's a weird dude. What do you Quarantine doing? got to him. It's true. He's like, we need to talk about Xbox. I don't know. 60 frames. Ah. Ah. No news. <laughs> so speaking of terrible frame rates. Yeah. The Outer Worlds. One of one of my favorite games of last year. I need hands to go down, back to this. Ugh. Hands down, dropped on Switch after after a delay, mind you, and then people were screaming because the game wasn't coming on physical, and they said, "All right, all right, we'll release it physically too." And then no one bought it. <laughs> no one bought it, and the game's getting bashed because apparently it runs very badly. <laughs> There's, you know, we talk about the 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 Witcher, the switcher effect, if you will, where like yeah. some of the details have gone. This game is stripped even more. Oh my gosh, I'm watching it in action. It's not even like okay, the graphic graphically, you know, we're not going to have every blade of grass sure. or whatever. Yep. But this looks like they downgraded it to N6 Nintendo 64 yeah. levels. It's of- blurry textures, like it looks like Ocarina of Time type textures. Which doesn't make sense, um, but yeah, man. I, they're saying the game runs at 720 in docked mode, uh, but only 540, and sometimes even less well in handheld mode. I, it's bad. It's just because you can doesn't mean you should. I, I mean, there are there are game engines, there are games out there that just I don't think they belong on the switch it's it's a handheld system i'm sorry but it's not as it's not going to be as powerful and yeah they did it and i'm sure people will buy it and and i'm glad that they get to experience it but i'm not glad that they get to experience it with it looking like this because this is just it doesn't look good (laughs) it looks like morrowind I, i don't i mean i guess it says a lot about the the game system or the engine itself that they can kind of tear it down this far and be able to make it run. And it looks like it runs. Okay. So that's, that's impressive. And for people out there who don't really care about what it looks like, but if you've seen anything about this game at all, you will be able to tell immediately that this does not look anything close to what it normally does. Like right. people and alone just, Oh God. Yeah. It's weird because you look at the switch games that people begging to be ported and they're not being ported over. And then certain games are dropping like this. You had uh, the borderlands collection, you have the Bioshock collection, which those ones actually seem to be running fairly well from what people are saying. Mm -hmm. But to be fair, those are older games like borderlands three is not running on the switch. Outer worlds was a game just from last year. But I think I thought we were past the point of let's port things to the switch just to say we can play it handheld. I thought we were going to be better about stuff like this as, as, as developers, as a, as an industry, but apparently we're not because it's like when, when you get things like this, it's like, you're just taking away from that experience. Like if I had my first playthrough of the outer worlds on switch, I would not be excited for a follow-up game by the same developer. <laughs> if that's, if that's what I saw and that's what I was given, I would not be looking forward to whatever game they announced next. If it's coming to switch. Yeah. And I, I, I agree. And I mean, I try to put myself in the shoes of somebody who doesn't care about that and they're just happy to play it. But 
if this is what you think this the experience is is then it's it's just yikes yeah it's just not, i mean you compare this to any other game on the switch probably even the witcher and you're just like how why why is this it's not yep. meant to be uh, experienced in this manner so i think maybe this is while you know why i have said numerous times i would love for like fallout 3 to be brought to the switch remastered i think this is an example of why it can't and i mean because yeah. this game the outer worlds was absolutely great is very fallout-esque but the worlds were a lot smaller so if it can't handle these smaller map places because you travel from place to place so it's not even like you're loading this giant world it's these smaller worlds that are still open if it can't even do that there is no way it can run a fallout game properly oh, at all i just saw the xbox one x yep. and then the switch comparison shot and it's just it's so different it's massive like trees missing and stuff i mean that all attributes to the feeling of the world and the game uh-huh. that you're playing in and everything and it's just co- I mean, yeah, some trees are missing, big whoop. But like when you see the screenshot, holy cow, it's just a different place. It goes from the surface of Mars to a lush, uh, rocky landscape. You know? Yeah. Yep. It, it's so weird. All right. Yeah. Yuck. Yeah. So knock it off, people. Don't do that anymore. But we need to have a physical release. <laughs> yes. By all means, all you people that were pandering for, I want my physical. Yeah, I hope you're happy with it now. I hope, I hope you bought it. I hope you don't trade it in. Uh, you know, you couldn't wait for reviews to come out and say, well, maybe I don't need to buy this or demanding a digital, you know, here's what, here's why maybe, maybe this is why they weren't even doing a digital because it costs them money to print these cartridges that now are, are going to be sold at GameStop for $5 in yeah. a couple weeks. Like, yeah, <sighs> not a good look. Nope. Speaking about not a good look. What do you say we get out of here? Yes. Cause, cause we ain't looking good. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> I, I did. I'll go with it at this point. Sure. Great. Um, all right. Where can people find you, Lucas, and everything else you do? Uh, usually I'm just wandering around in my backyard fixing things that need to be fixed. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Why am I doing it? No. Uh, I'm on the discords at heavy metal underscore riff and the Twitters. You can at me. You can talk to me. It's fine. I'll talk to anybody. That's how Kevin and I met. We just basically said, I'm going to talk to this guy. And that's what we did. True. Even though I saw that orange, orange hair, that fiery red, yep, beautiful, I and I said it. I'm gonna talk to it. it. It's very poofy. It is very poofy. You, you got a lot of body though. I do. It's very it. thick. I have thick hair. It's great. I'm jealous. No, you're not. It's got texture. <laughs> it does yeah. have texture. It has a mind of its own. Um, you can find me at PSVG Kevin on all of the things, all the social networks, all the gaming platforms, so on and so forth. Um, I encourage you to head over to PSVG.blog to find links to all of the different programs and offerings and things you can get involved with in our community, but especially the Discord. Come and chat with us. We're all there having a good time uh, most of the time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we encourage you to do so. And, and you know what? Do us a favor. Tell a friend if you enjoy the show or you enjoy any of the shows on our network for that matter. Let's continue spreading the good word of PSVG. But most importantly, as always, we ask that you never stop porting bad games to the Nintendo Switch. This has been a PSVG production. Any music, sound effects, or the like is owned by their respective copyright holders. No infringement is intended. The views expressed in this production are those of the individual contributor and may not necessarily reflect PSVG. 
This production may not be repurposed, reused, or redistributed without the express written consent of PSVG. PSVG is powered by patrons at patreon.com PSVG. Become a patron to get special perks, including access to exclusive content.